I-V-M. To all of our listeners tuning in, we'll be delving into issues like suicide and sexual abuse. If you feel that you'll be affected, please tune out now. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Marbles Lost and Found, a show where we're talking about things to do with mental health, because we just want to get people to talk about things, because it's okay to do so. I'm Zane. And I'm Avanti. And today, actually, we have a special guest on board. We have Alicia Halani. She's a practicing psychotherapist here in Bombay. And before she moved to Bombay, she was a practicing psychotherapist in America, um, and she worked with foster kids and adopted kids and now has a huge sort of repertoire of work. <laughs> <laughs> so hi, Alicia. Hi. We've brought Alicia on board today because we're going to talk about myth busting. Yes, exactly. There are, I think, in fact, I'm really, really happy that we're doing this episode because there are quite a few things, in fact, that I am unfamiliar with. So this will actually be very educational for me as well. Because there are quite a lot of misconceptions out there, especially to do with mental health. So, Avanti, would you like to kick things off? I'd say since you have more, since you're a therapist yourself, you have a lot more knowledge in this than I am. I'd rather let you kind of take the reins on this. Yeah. Do you want to start with addressing uh, split personality? Okay. Which actually could be bipolar or schizophrenia in our like common. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, yeah. Like you see someone schizophrenic. Oh, this that was means split personality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. So what does that even mean? And does that even have any bearing whatsoever? Hmm. So yeah, so now, so first it was referred to as split personality. Then it was uh, multiple personality disorder, MBD. Hmm. And now the, the more updated and correct term is DID, which hmm. is dissociative identity disorder. Right. And so, yeah, it's like different cognitive and emotional states depending on, you know, the kind of situation a person finds themselves in. So if it's like really triggering or stressful or triggers even a trauma, mm-hmm. then a certain personality or a certain state would take over as mm-hmm. a coping mechanism, as right. a way to deal with that. Right. And to dial back a little bit, a lot of the literature says that um, you dissociate when you're going through something really traumatic. So for example, if you're being raped or in a really, really, really traumatic situation, in order to cope with that trauma, you kind of have to switch off. Right. And that's what they mean by dissociating. Yes. And it's like an altered state that the person gets into as a way to protect themselves. Right. And so it could also be, you know, um, a situation where someone is really being yelled at. Mm. And that that's, you know, that's traumatic. Mm. That's sure. a trauma. So it doesn't have to always be something as grave as rape, for yeah. example. Mm. Or it could be even the use of certain words, you know, or yeah. a reference to a certain person sure. could trigger like... Right. A, a, so when someone is triggered, I'm going to make it my job in this episode to ask really stupid questions. So the thing is that there now... There are no stupid <laughs> questions. <laughs> so the thing is that when someone is triggered and they feel like they need to disassociate from a certain situation or a person or whatever it is, is it as literal as how a lot of pop culture makes it out to be where suddenly, like say for example, you are normally Alicia, but then something triggers you and then suddenly you've become 
I don't know, Priyanka, for instance, <laughs> you know, suddenly out of nowhere and you are this completely, as Alicia, you're more of an introvert and you are good at drawing, for instance, but suddenly as Priyanka, you are an extrovert and are terrible at drawing, but are suddenly mm -hmm. miraculously good at playing an instrument. Does that have any bearing whatsoever? Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if the person does know how to play an instrument, mm. you know, um, but that side could come out depending on on the situation right. or, yeah. So also like um, someone who has a lot of unresolved issues, right? Mm -hmm. You go into a way of behaving that is unconscious even to you mm -hmm. because it's unresolved. It's okay. in an unconscious realm. So that could be termed as a state that you mm. go into and right. you yourself are not even aware that I'm going in. Or I'm, there's like this default setting or certain pattern behavior that, mm. you know. So is it almost like a blackout or a stupor of some way? If you're saying that the person's not even aware that they've kind not of... Not a blackout necessarily, but just like I'm on this like autopilot mode or like this default setting mode or like mm. a pattern mode where... I'm just going into these repetitive patterns of behavior that could be self-destructive, for example. Sure, right, you know? okay. Or going into like a series of like unhealthy relationships or something. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's also, one can argue, that's also an altered state. It's not a fully aware, conscious state that I'm living my life. Right. You know? Yeah. So I don't know if that makes sense. I, I, I think it kind of does. Like, again, I'm still, I'm still trying to sort of imagine what it would look like in, in, reality. in, in reality. Because, so for example, um, there was this movie that came out, I think, last year. It was by um, M. Night Shyamalan. Mm -hmm. It was called Split. It starred James McAvoy mm -hmm. in it. And the thing is, um, the whole point of this particular movie was that James McAvoy's character had, I think somewhere around 28 different multiple personalities mm. and each personality had very very distinct traits mm. that made them extremely different from each other and all of them were aware of this idea of that the quote-unquote the beast is coming mm. which is which was supposed to be the dormant final personality of this particular character mm. And when finally towards the end, as you're approaching the climax of the movie, this final personality emerges, which is James McAvoy's beast, where suddenly his physical um, capabilities have suddenly shot up tenfold and he has more strength than most regular average men hmm. because suddenly this beast has been unleashed hmm. within him hmm. again. I'm pretty sure that's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's definitely an exaggerated <laughs> right. version for effect, like in the so media. Dip, so diplomatic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you, if, you, if you think about it as a coping mechanism, right, you mm. hear all these stories about uh, parents suddenly showing superhuman strength when mm. their kid is, like you, you must have heard those stories where yeah. a kid is trapped under the car and suddenly the dad or mom is able to just lift the car because right. mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. shot of adrenaline or whatever mm -hmm. that shoots through. Would you call that? Like a personality, multiple personality disorder thing? Or is it just that in that moment you have to cope so badly yeah. Yeah. that something goes through you and yeah. you just have to get on with it? Mm -hmm. um, and you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and like I a wonder, fight response, yeah. a survival response. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a shot of adrenaline in the brain that really yeah. Yeah. takes over. Yeah. yeah, because I think when you have a shot of adrenaline, you automatically your physical senses are just heightened yeah, that much right. more. Yeah, And that's also why, I mean, the reason I, I mean, because I guess the literature that I've read about dissociation is to do with tra uh, rape trauma mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, um, you know, I've heard of cases where uh, girls have been 
raped at young ages. And then as they go forward, um, if they get into a sexual situation, a girl who's normally bright and bubbly, and they get into a sexual situation, completely shut down. Okay. Completely. Because in that moment, their body, their flight response or their mm. freeze response mm-hmm. actually takes over. Mm. Right? Because, and they dissociate because right. of the past trauma. Okay. That's also... Yeah, I sure. mean, yeah. an identity that takes over in that moment to cope. Mm-hmm. Um, so to I'm protect. just, yeah, sure. to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, um, can I ask you, Alicia, have there been, you know, people that you have dealt with on a personal basis that have displayed um, signs or, or were actually dealing with uh, dissociative identity disorder? Yes. Sure. So what was one that, you know, sort of stood out to you? Yeah, actually, it was one of the most um, scary cases for me as a therapist. So she was 18, 19 and um, yeah, there was definitely some kind of um, sexual abuse that had taken place. Right. And there was a lot of shame and around even really disclosing all of the details mm-hmm. about what exactly happened. It took a long time for her to share that. And so, yeah, and apparently it ended up being something to do with her own father, actually. Okay. Very disturbing case. Mm. Um, he was um, involved with lots of different you know, women and younger girls and mm-hmm. things like that. And right. so she um, obviously was suffering with a lot of depression and anxiety and, you know, weight gain. And um, she couldn't be in certain areas of her home mm-hmm. because maybe like the living room, for example, was where she was molested or something. And mm-hmm. so she can't even be, you know, so she would like have to isolate herself in her room. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that media portrays about, you know, people with, so her diagnosis was schizophrenia mm-hmm. and, um, one of the things the media has portrayed is like people with this diagnosis are often very creative, very artistic. Mm. And that was the case with her. Okay. So she did have amazing, like her drawings and so detailed. And she started creating like these comics mm-hmm. and I would do art with her in the session. Okay. And, um, but there was also a dark side. There were a lot of these demonic and devilish drawings. Mm. And there was always this thing about this voice telling her that she needs to just mm. kill herself and not be here and so you know I found even like the psychotherapy aspect the talk therapy very challenging like you know like it had to be a combination of consistent therapy Mm. and then the medication and then and that's also a a traumatic thing for people the medication because there's a lot of this trial and error that happens right like what suits your Mm. body you know and finding the right dose and the right you know also the connection with the psychiatrist. Yes, correct. And yeah. I was going to say, and she was initially diagnosed with schizophrenia. Yeah. But then that diagnosis changed? It stayed. Okay. It did stay. But then the and along, so along with, yeah, anxiety, depression, social anxiety, right. generalized anxiety. Okay. So the hallmarks of um, schizophrenia are, there has to be the presence of delusions and hallucinations. hallucinations. So how did that manifest in her? Right. So the, the delusions were these voices. That she was hearing mm. constantly mm. these messages that, mm. you you know, you'd be better off dead. Mm. Mm. So that was persistent. Right. She did finally with the medicine, it did calm down. Mm. Hallucinations, it was more of um, like um, <clears throat> where she could feel the presence of some kind of energy. So hallucinations can be visual or they could be also be sensory. Mm. Where she, right. could, she would just feel like a certain presence always like mm. behind her shoulder. Right. And that could also be, you know, reminiscent of the trauma um, yeah. from back in the day. Yeah. Um, the oppression that she felt, physical oppression or 
emotional oppression by her dad that's manifesting in that kind of hallucination that's quite interesting that she was that this the label of schizophrenia kind mm. of stayed. In fact, yeah. to that end, I actually wanted to ask now because this is, you know, how people very colloquially use, oh, that person's so schizophrenic. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. what is the difference really between dissociative identity disorder and schizophrenia? Hmm. So with dissociative, there aren't necessarily like um, hallucinations yeah. or delusions even. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But with schizophrenia, that is definitely like a core feature okay. of that. And in schizophrenia, you also um, disassociate in certain situations or with certain people? Yes. Okay, fine. So they're similar, except with schizophrenia, you have the added thing of hallucinations and that sort of yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. I see. So, um, all right. Which well, could this- then lead to dissociation, which is why you hear mm. that common trope, which is actually a, a, a myth, right? That... Mm. A, Everyone with schizophrenia is really dangerous and they're going to end up killing someone because of the voice in their head that's like, you need to kill this baby or you need to kill this thing. And then they become that killer in that moment. They dissociate. Yeah. So how true is that? Because a lot of what happens, especially with pop culture, is that any character who's portrayed as having a multiple personality disorder or as having schizophrenia is deemed dangerous, just like James McAvoy. Mm -hmm. There's this ominous undertone throughout the entire thing of the beast is coming the beast is coming yeah Mm. and even when you know the beast is shot like he is actually shot he doesn't die because suddenly the beast has appeared Mm -hmm. you know so that's as you said exaggerated Mm. but um yeah so (laughs) the the thing that they are dangerous yes yes yeah and so Mm. it's also like kind of expanding that statement dangerous it's like you can also be dangerous to yourself mm-hmm. yes correct and that that definitely i was reading a statistic just the other day mm. actually that um i think it's based from like the american psychiatric association apa mm. that 1 to 3% of people with schizophrenia do commit suicide and and mm. it's like a successful attempt right um, so it must yeah, be and so hard to live yeah. with those voices in your head that yeah. everyone is telling you aren't real. Your and reality also, is not. Yeah, and also the, reality, the, yeah. the person, you know, is ridden with so much fear. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like yeah. it's like at some point, it's like, can I even trust myself? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, sure. I may not want to mm-hmm. kill or do that, and mm-hmm. then even entertaining the thought or that feeling that comes. Yes. Can feel very. Risky or Risky, dangerous. Yeah. And there's that aspect of the impulse control. Do I have a sense right. of control? So with that in mind, are people who have these sort of diagnoses actually fine? They may most likely be a danger to themselves. But are they generally to be, is it fair for them to generally be branded as homicidal? No, or no, no. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's my problem yeah. with pop yeah. culture is that yeah. as soon as someone's schizophrenic, that means they could possibly kill me yeah. in an instant. Mm-hmm. So actually I wrote down this... Um, Note about uh, that film, A Beautiful Mind. Okay, yes. Remember that one with Russell Crowe? You have I I saw it a long time ago, though. (laughs) So you know his personality. If you if you remember the film, was very gentle and you know very Mm. like creative again. And yes, yes, he did. He was eccentric. Like he would write all these mathematical formulas like all across his room and everything. He did have some anger outbursts, but yeah, he was not portrayed as like homicidal. And that was based on a true story. Right. So having this aspect of like being a genius. Mm-hmm. And he was he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Yeah, that was okay. his diagnosis. And 
they also show the whole relationship um you know between him and his wife right and i think that's very important to bring in these relational aspects mm. sure, you know, sure how sure. challenging it can be for the partner of someone with mm. a mental health diagnosis and how much love and care is actually the main sort of medicine of course, that's yes. the and most also, important and also thing. how possible it is to mm. even have i mean that it is possible to actually function mm. in mm. a way that would work yeah. uh, have a relationship have a job it's not always um that you're going to be dysfunctional yeah. throughout yeah, yeah. yeah. so mm. to that end um when it comes to uh treatment of these sort of more severe illnesses what is i mean i'm guessing medication is of course required mm. which is worryingly also based on a lot of trial and error but then alongside that what are some of the treatments that people normally have say if someone has schizophrenia what sort of things apart from medication do they typically do so again being in consistent either individual or group therapy or mm. both mm-hmm. having your own support systems at home mm-hmm. um supportive family my and yeah i mean also people with this diagnosis it's not like you know they can't have friends or anything mm. that mm-hmm. you know so having those things in place. Right. Um Yeah, I think that's yeah. those are the main in, things. In in Finland in fact, I don't know if you you've read or heard about this a uh, treatment um I think it's called hearing voices. Okay. And it is a therapy uh, a therapeutic setting where they uh, call in the the client and the client's support system, mm-hmm. so family and friends mm-hmm. and doctors whoever they deal with yeah. and once a week they have these sessions mm-hmm. wherein they invite the voices that are going on inside mm-hmm. the client's head to come out and for the client to just bring them out and then everyone has a conversation with these voices present mm-hmm. because it invites that client's reality into another reality mm-hmm. um and they have had such great success mm-hmm. with that treatment that i'm just wondering how to bring it here mm-hmm. at some point you know mm-hmm. or across the world even because that seems to help and it's not like they say no to medication mm-hmm. they work along with the medication yeah. with your family and they say actually the environment has to adapt to this person right this person cannot adapt to that environment right I just found it really like mm-hmm. amazing work. Yeah. I think it's it's really great to hear something like this. And what I have found is that there has to be a certain level of openness and mm. and willingness mm. and to be able to you know put the fear aside that yeah. oh I'm exposing myself. Yeah. Because yeah, you know it's it's great if yeah people are willing and open to to that kind and that can be a challenge for sure yeah. not everyone is feels you know like strong enough to right. like yeah, it's very that. vulnerable also yeah. being in group therapy yeah or, sure yeah but it's great it's great to hear that stuff mm-hmm. like this is happening and yeah but i think um i think it's unfortunate because i think with illnesses like schizophrenia or did i think those are the diseases illnesses rather in most people's minds that epitomizes the idea of being absolutely crazy mm-hmm. and um and bipolar and bipolar yeah, which we haven't really come to mm-hmm. which we which we'll get to i think yeah. considering what we're talking about we will probably have we'll probably discuss this in another episode as well yeah. mm-hmm. so um but i'm i'm still fascinated like i'm still i want to kind of go back just one more time to um dissociative identity disorder and just kind of <laughs> really because because it it's Zane's it's, been bringing this up for the last year and a half <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean the things that I, i i i i am fascinated but i'm also concerned because hmm. the things that so now if we have if i am say who i am right now you know mm. speaking the way i'm speaking 
but I am um, faced with something that based off, you know, something that happened to me in the past triggers something so immense that I could, um, I'm basically sort of either switching off or I'm just taking on a completely different new role. It's not like I'm forgetting who I am, is it? It's not like I've forgotten who I am or it's not as if I've, like my short-term memory has been cut off or anything like that. Is, is it is it as extreme as that sometimes? Yes, it can be. Okay, yeah, it can. There's this whole other person or personality and behaviors, speech, voice changes. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's, it, and the person just in that initial moment of trauma just sort of seeks out that sort of escape from that situation. That's how it's, that's how it's formed? I think it just sort of happens. Right. It's just a switch that flips. And wow. Yeah, there's no sort of um, thinking about it. Yes, yeah, yes. It's just you're in that switch happens. Right. And I think as a final thing, I just wanted to kind of ask, um, this will be my last question, I think, at least for this one. Um, so I know you mentioned stuff about you know, everyone having support systems, which is the most important thing. But practically speaking, what sort of things do... Say, do people with schizophrenia um, DID do um, apart from medication? Like, what sort of, you know, think of it as, I guess, physiotherapy or so. It's like, you know, there's mm-hmm. a certain sort of exercise that you may do for a certain part of your body to get better. Yeah. What sort of quote unquote exercises do these people do? Yeah, I think that um, what I've seen of people with this diagnosis, like they seek out their own, um, it's, uh, it's called extra therapeutic factors, you know, okay. your, your own resources in a way Mm -hmm. and so it's like listening to music you know drawing painting right Right. Um, for some people they need it's important to be grounded in the body so Mm -hmm. doing something like yoga something physical or right even being able to jog or run or something right connect to the body is important okay yeah right working with the hands maybe like i know someone Mm -hmm. who actually did pursue like you know gardening and Mm -hmm. that kind of interesting okay I actually wanted to say something, just to backtrack a little bit as well. But when Zane, you were asking about, do you just become a different person in mm. that moment? And Alicia said, yeah, sometimes it, that does happen mm. without thinking. Yeah. And again, you know, it's, do you think, Alicia, it's possible that sometimes when you go through a trauma, your identity is still being formed? Hmm. And when you go through something so traumatic, you don't have a sense of self hmm. yet. Hmm. And so you don't, when you are re-triggered later, you don't have that sense of self to hold on to or to go back to um, in the first place, which is why you are able to fragment mm-hmm. um, so quickly and without thinking, like yeah. you said. So the identity, like yeah. exactly what you said, is fragmented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And therapy, the goal of therapy would be to move from fragmentation to integration. integration. Right. All these different parts and personalities are able to dialogue with each other, communicate with each other, yeah. and okay. become one sort of concentrated whole. Yeah. And that happens over a period of years. Yes, mm. it teaches a person to cope with yeah. the But it, it does happen. That integration mm. definitely mm. does happen. Fantastic. So there is hope. Yeah. There is hope. And, and similarly, I guess in the next episode, we'll talk about borderline personality. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I think there's, there's still quite a few things I'm sure we need yeah. to cover, which is why I'm glad we're doing another episode. Mm. Unfortunately, this is all we have time for for this one. Yeah. But we will be back with a, um, with Alicia very soon for yeah. another episode <laughs> to myth bust on a few other things. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening f- um, to this episode. Um, please feel free to write in if you have any questions or concerns or anything you'd like us to talk about. You can reach us at writetomarbles at gmail.com. The two is T-O, so write marbles at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. 
And this is I've been Zane. I'm Avanti. And Alicia. <laughs> Signing <laughs> Thank off. Thank, Thank you. you.